first reading is taken from the Epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 11 to 25. And every priest stands day after day at his service, offering again and again the same sacrifices that can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God and since then has been waiting until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. He also adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he has opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Christopher. Would you please stand for the Gospel reading? Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, Do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And Lord, I pray now that I may speak in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, such that your people hear you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please be seated?
The gospel reading you've just heard began with Jesus prophesying the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. As he came out of the temple, the disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. And when, of course, they asked him when this would take place and what would be the signs beforehand, Jesus says, When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. Now Jesus was saying these words 2,000 years ago. And there were, of course, a direct prophecy about the sacking, the destruction of Jerusalem around AD 70. The Roman army in April of that year, led by the future emperor Titus, besieged the city of Jerusalem, which had been controlled by rebels since 66 AD. The siege lasted for about five months, and it ended in August 70 AD with the burning and destruction of the second temple and the sacking of the city. And to this day in Rome, and it's well worth visiting if you are in Rome, you can see the Arch of Titus celebrating the Roman sack of Jerusalem and the temple. Though Jesus was prophesying the imminent destruction of Jerusalem just less than 40 years after his own death, like many biblical prophecies, it resonates beyond that fulfillment. Wars and rumors of war, nations rising against nations, earthquakes, famines, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria, Yemen, Ethiopia's Tigray conflict, Somalia. These are conflicts still happening in our world today, as well as the much bigger threats highlighted in just a couple of days ago in the news of the possibility of Russia invading Ukraine or China taking over Taiwan. The truth, as we gather to commemorate those who gave their lives that we might live in freedom, is that wars have ever been with us throughout history. They continue to wreak devastation and needless deaths around our world. Yet, we can all thank God today that most of us here have enjoyed peace all our lives, while our soldiers have fought around Europe and the world to secure our peace and prosperity. And the roll call of honor since the First World War is incredibly long. The First World War itself, other conflicts between the wars, and then the Second World War, Palestine, Malaysia, Korea, Egypt, Kenya, Cyprus, Oman, Falklands, the Gulf War in Iraq, Bosnia, Kosovo, Sierra Leone, Afghanistan, Iraq again, Libya, the war against ISIS. In these and other conflicts besides, 
Our soldiers have died to defend the interests of the nation, have died to give you and me the peace, prosperity, and freedom we often take for granted today. So today, we rightly remember and honor the ultimate sacrifice paid by many, many others at home and abroad on our behalf through all these wars and conflicts. Yet there's a conundrum which I'd like you to consider. The fact is that from the very day of our birth and as we grow up, we learn that there's only one certain fact in life, that each one of us is to die. The psalmist puts it like this in Psalm 90. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. You see, all that war or famine or volcanic eruptions or earthquakes do is to bring death forward. Instead of dying in old age, men and women die young or in the prime of life. And in his poem, Flanders Fields, which we'll see on the screen, John McRae, a Canadian soldier, put it like this. In Flanders Fields, the poppies blow between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place. And in the sky, the larks, still bravely singing, fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved. And now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with a foe. To you, from failing hands, we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. We remember the dead today because they paid the ultimate sacrifice. When you go home, Tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow we gave our today. Yet there is a truth, I suggest, brothers and sisters, we ignore at our peril. Yes, these physical bodies will decay and die, but our souls will live on for eternity. And perhaps the ultimate question is this, where will your soul spend eternity. You see, whether we die through war, natural causes, accidents, as Christians we know that the soul lives on for eternity. But will it be everlasting joy and peace or everlasting torment? A torment worse even than the trenches of the First World War. In the Old Testament reading set for today, Daniel 12, the resurrection of the dead is prophesied. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. 
Many of those who sleep in the dust of the death of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. I put it to you that it's not death we should fear, the end of these physical bodies, but what comes after. As we remember those who died on timely deaths for our today, maybe it's the right day to accept the offer Jesus makes to us of everlasting life with God. I heard last Wednesday a true story from a full-time evangelist called Andrew Cannon. It was on his very first encounter with the love and power of Jesus that he was transformed. A cocaine addict, his life was full of destruction and addiction to alcohol as well as drugs and self-harming. And the hand of God radically touched him in January 2010 when he called on the name of Jesus when someone shared the gospel with him. Andrew was completely and instantly set free from his addictions. His life of destruction and the chains of the enemy were broken off. He now lives a life sold out for Jesus, telling others around the world let alone the United Kingdom, about Jesus. And he told us a story about visiting Norwich just two or three years ago. He saw three men in the street when he went for a walk, and being a recovered drug addict himself, he he recognized them as drug addicts. And he went up to them and shared the gospel, perhaps because he'd escaped from the same addiction They listened to Andrew and gave their lives to Jesus, with one of them becoming quite emotional. They went their separate ways, but Andrew happened to be visiting Norwich again a few weeks later, going back to the church which had invited him. He came across one of the three men he'd led to Christ that night and asked about the other two it transpired that the man who'd got quite emotional when he'd accepted Jesus into his life had died that very same night, about four or five hours later, possibly because of an overdose. But praise God, Andrew said, praise God that he had accepted Jesus and the free gift of eternal life with God before he died. Today, as we remember all those who've died on timely deaths, perhaps before they had the chance to make that choice, may I encourage you to invite Jesus, if you've not already done so, into your life so that you may not be caught out by an untimely death. Jesus, who is fully God, has paid the price to come into your life and take away the sin, shame, guilt, mess, and mistakes. And today he wants us to acknowledge him and invite him into our lives. He wants us to trust him. He loves us. He made us. He has amazing plans for each life in here today. And he's always wanted to have a relationship and share life with you. 
You may already have said this prayer before, many years ago. Or you may have never have said it. But I invite you to join me in saying this prayer out aloud. Maybe as a reaffirmation of your giving of yourself to Jesus. Or a fresh invitation to him to come into your life. Because when we say this prayer, something powerfully happens in the supernatural. Jesus comes into our life and makes us clean and fills us with his love, his peace and his joy. So I invite you to join me if you're able to, to say it out aloud. I'll say the words and please feel free to repeat them after me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins, for dying on the cross for my sins. I'm sorry for living life my own way. I'm sorry for living life my own way. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Today I receive you into my life. Today I receive you into my life. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. That you rose from the dead. And I confess with my mouth. That you are Lord. I thank you for forgiving me. And I put my trust in you. If you've said that prayer for the first time. Or if you've already said that prayer before and I've just repeated that. You've just chosen God's great peace. God's joy. God's love for eternity. You've chosen to be one with the God of the universe. And if you've said that for for the first time, then please get in touch with us so we can pray with you and for you. In a world of uncertainty and untimely death. Let us place our trust in God. And the psalmist says this in Psalm 16, reading from verse 8. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol. Or let your faithful ones see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Would you pray with me now? Father, again we thank you for the gift of salvation which enables us to see beyond physical death to the eternity that awaits our souls. Thank you for all who've chosen the way of life, eternal life. And we continue to pray, Lord, that others will see the light and be transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
I'm going to now ask the Lake family to come forward to the chancel steps as they lead us in first.